I do so many people start with the Chase Sapphire Preferred. I think the Chase Sapphire Preferred gets a ton of spotlight. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Daily Drop Podcast. It's Megan here for today's episode, chatting about one of my favorite points families, which is Chase Ultimate Rewards. I'm very excited. This is going to be like an ultimate guide to ultimate rewards. We're going to dive into what ultimate rewards are, why you should care about them, why you should consider prioritizing them. And we're going to talk about the cards that you can slash maybe should think about putting in your wallet if you are interested in earning chase points along with answering some other questions along the way. It's going to be a very intensive uh, episode diving you deep into the Chase Ultimate Rewards family. Any cards that we talk about throughout today's episode will be linked up in the show notes. So if you are feeling excited to start growing your Chase Ultimate Rewards family, check those out after you are done listening to me today. So first things first, what are Ultimate Rewards? Well, ultimate rewards are the points that you earn when you have a a credit card associated with Chase Bank, specifically when you have one of their flexible earning cards. So why I bring that up and what to consider is a lot of times there's confusion if you're brand new to travel hacking um, and you don't fully understand how the point systems work. Sometimes people will get things like a co-branded card. So for example, Marriott has co-branded cards through Chase. Um, Southwest has co-branded cards through Chase. Hyatt has co-branded cards through Chase. But these co-branded cards only earn points with the program that they are co-branded with. So if you have a Marriott card, even though it's through Chase Bank, you're earning Marriott points. If you have a Hyatt card, even though it's through Chase Bank, you're earning Hyatt points. Southwest, Southwest points, you get it, right? So when it comes to earning Chase Ultimate Rewards, which are very flexible travel points that we talk about a ton in the newsletter, we talk about a ton in all of the content we put out there. If you listen to our last episode, I kept it no secret and no surprise uh, that my favorite points were Chase points. You earn those when you have flexible earning travel cards. And we're going to talk through the cards that can earn you ultimate rewards points. So we'll get to that in in a little bit, but that's basically what they are and how you earn them. Sometimes ultimate rewards is shortened by UR. So if you ever see the letters UR in the newsletter or in content that you're reading, that is what it stands for, ultimate rewards earned from Chase cards. I have used Chase points since I started travel hacking in 2017. They have been so trusty, so handy to have nearby. I have used them for way too many flights and hotel room nights to keep count of. Maybe I'll count one of these days and share the grand total with you all. I've also used these points for rental cars and most recently for a cruise. So they're just very versatile in the way you can use them from land to air to sea and everything in between. And Chase Ultimate Rewards points and just Chase cards in general get a lot of spotlight in the travel hacking and the miles and points community. And there's two reasons for that. One is because they are some of the best points you can earn, especially when it comes to a flexible um, earning points. You can land some really sweet redemptions, whether it is for a flight, a hotel, or a cruise. So that flexibility comes into play, the ability to just land some really great redemptions across multiple different programs um, comes into play. 
um, the way you're able to combine your points, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the episode as well, um, gives you a way to stack up more points um, so they can go a little bit further. But the other reason that I think they get a lot of spotlight is because of the rule that Chase Bank has called the 524 rule. This rule says that you cannot get more than five cards within a 24 month period. And because this rule is so restrictive, paired with the fact that chase points are some of the best of the best, that's why they get such a spotlight to focus on and prioritize. Of course, if you look at the transfer partners and you just know none of those are going to work for you, you can always go in another direction. But I think this is just why they get some of the biggest spotlight shown on them because that restrictive rule allows you to kind of put your focus on earning chase points, earning in that family. And then once you have that family built up, you can then move to another points ecosystem without worrying about any of that restriction happening in between. We do have a thread in the Daily Drop Lounge, which is our free Facebook community, which I will link below in the show notes, all about 524. I think it's just a really great thread to read through because there are really good questions that happen in the comments and it really covers all things 524. So I will link that up in the show notes. You do have to be a member of the Daily Drop Lounge to read that post. Um, So if you are curious about 524 or various other bank rules um, and you're not on Facebook or you're just curious for us to dive into those even a little bit more, um, do let us know over at podcast at dailydrop.com. That's where you can always send topics as well. But if if enough of you all are curious about bank rules to consider and a deep dive into 524, then we could record that episode for you. Okay, now let's start getting into how to earn Chase Ultimate Rewards. This is where it gets a little, I'll say complicated, but it's really not complicated. It's just understanding the moving parts. So there are seven cards that allow you to earn ultimate rewards points. However, there is a difference between ultimate rewards points and fully transferable ultimate rewards points. So when you hear us talking about the max redemptions uh, that are done by transferring your chase points to a travel partner, this is going to happen on a card that earns fully transferable ultimate rewards points, which not all chase cards that earn ultimate rewards points have. However, there is a way to turn them into fully transferable ultimate rewards points. Stick with me here. It is not as complex as it sounds. So there are three cards that you can earn fully transferable ultimate rewards points with. That is the Chase Sapphire Preferred, which is our little blue gem that comes with a $95 annual fee. The Chase Sapphire Reserve, which is its big brother, big sister, our big blue gem <laughs> that has comes with a $550 annual fee, but also comes with Um, many more travel perks, benefits, more of those luxury premium um, perks that you get with a card, and the Inc. Business Preferred, which comes with a $95 annual fee. So I guess it's good buddies with the Chase Sapphire Preferred. All three of these cards are going to earn you fully transferable Ultimate Rewards points. That means you can use these points through the Chase Ultimate Rewards portal, or you can use these points transferring them out to travel partners to book direct with the airline or hotel or cruise line of your choice. 
the four other cards that earn ultimate rewards are considered cash back cards, but do also give you access to the ultimate rewards portal. So those cards are the Freedom Flex, the Freedom Unlimited, the Ink Cash, and the Ink Unlimited. All of these are considered cashback cards. So if you hold one of these four cards by itself, you are earning cashback or points you can use in the portal. However, if you hold one of these four cards plus one of the three cards I mentioned in the first part, so the Chase Sapphire Preferred, Reserve, or Ink Business Preferred, then you can combine all of your points into one account and have fully transferable travel points. So if, for example, you had the Chase Sapphire Preferred along with the Ink Cash and Ink Unlimited, even though the Ink Cash and Ink Unlimited cards are uh, cash back cards, because you're holding that Chase Sapphire Preferred or Reserve or Ink Business Preferred, they then become fully transferable ultimate rewards points. So basically, the heart of your Chase family needs to be one of those first three cards. From there, you can add on the other four. You can have all four of the other four if you want, uh, creating a Chase family that stacks up points. So what I mean when I say stacks up points is a lot of people ask us, you know, how do you keep earning points? And this is one of the ways that I specifically in my strategy um, like to keep earning points. I'm not just churning cards for a new signup bonus. Uh, I am looking at how I can grow a points family that I already have. I'm looking at how I can add on to the points that I'm already focused on earning. Now, I think a big question is why do so many people start with the Chase Sapphire Preferred instead of the Reserve? I think the Chase Sapphire Preferred gets a ton of spotlight and I have had the question pop up a bunch why does this card get so much spotlight? It doesn't have necessarily the best of the best spending categories. Um, you know, I think this ultimately comes down to personal preference. I think there's a few things that come into play here, but I think a lot of times people look at not getting all of the premium travel cards. And when we're talking about points families, we're considering, okay, there's this Chase Ultimate Rewards points family that we're growing. But then eventually you might want to also add on some Capital One points. You might want to also add on some American Express points. Shout out to Tiffany's favorite points family. And so when you think about that and you think about what your other options are in the long term, so I shared in our What's in Our Wallet episode that I'm always thinking long term in my credit card strategy. I'm thinking about what are the other cards I want to get? Well, I might want to eventually get the Venture X so I can have access to a different kind of points. I also really like the benefits that that card comes from. And I also like that you can offset travel. So I have a different way to use points. I also might want to consider the Amex Platinum. And so you're thinking about like long-term, what other cards might I want to add and why? And I think that's why a lot of people land on the Sapphire Preferred and then they choose to have their premium card in, within another family. I think another thing that's very specific to me and my circumstances that has recently changed, actually, you used to be able to only refer to the specific Sapphire card you were holding. So Sapphire Preferred to Sapphire Preferred, Sapphire Reserve to Sapphire Reserve. And I think this affects 
affected the way a lot of people who were travel hacking in two player mode looked at what Sapphire card they were holding. Because if you can only go reserve to reserve, that's two $550 annual fees. And that was something that never really made sense for myself and my player two strategy, just based on the way that we travel and the benefits that we use. However, they have recently changed this where you can refer Sapphire Reserve to Sapphire Preferred, and therefore you're keeping your annual fees a little bit lower. So I think people are starting to think about that a little bit different. I'll be curious if there will be a bit of a shift in more people having the Sapphire Reserve card. But I mean, these are just kind of general speculations and things that I've heard from other people and their strategy. Ultimately, it just all comes down to your personal preference and what you need in your travel wallet and just looking at those benefits and how they differ amongst all of the premium cards. Uh, I think one thing worth mentioning that I'm going to throw in a little out of order here is I did mention you can have all four of those cashback cards. So you can have two freedoms at once. You can have um, two inks at once. You can have all four of those together, but you can only hold one Sapphire card. So you have to choose between the Sapphire Preferred and Sapphire Reserve. I guess this isn't too out of order because we're just talking about the, the long-term strategy of it. So you can't have both of those. However, you can have the ink business preferred in tandem with one of the sapphires. So you can really see how you can get your wheels turning on how many chase cards you can hold, how you can potentially keep it a semi-low annual fee and you're stacking up a bunch of points in one spot. So you're getting a large lump sum of points that lives in one place. So you don't have to consider, okay, how am I gonna make this trip work? Cause I have, you know, 60,000 points that live over here and then 75,000 points that live over here in a totally different transferable currency. And I'm looking at a flight that this other transferable currency doesn't have access to. And so there are benefits to having your points in one family. There's also benefits to having your points in multiple families. So, I mean, again, this is really gonna come down to strategy and what works for you, but hopefully this is starting to get your wheels turning on how you can really stack up your points into one account. So like I said, you can combine your ultimate rewards points to one account, making those cash back points, uh, fully transferable ultimate rewards points. Um, sometimes when you do like a, a personal and a business card, it'll create two separate accounts. It's fairly easy to get those merged together as one. You usually just have to call customer support. And I've heard that the process is pretty simple to get them merged together. So just know if you do open one of the business cards, that's something that might happen and it is easy to correct. The other big question that comes up is, do these points expire? So do my ultimate rewards points expire? And the answer to that is as long as you keep one card open that earns ultimate rewards, your points are gonna stay in there. They're not gonna expire. So as long as you're keeping that ultimate rewards points card open, you're good. Your points are going to stay alive. They're gonna stay fresh and alive in there. Even if you cancel one of your fully transferable ultimate rewards points, Cards. So stick with me here. Let's say you have the Chase Sapphire Preferred and the Freedom Flex. We'll keep it simple and we'll say you just have two cards. So you have the Chase Sapphire Preferred and the Freedom Flex. You're earning your ultimate rewards and then you decide for whatever reason you want to cancel your Chase Sapphire Preferred card. Well, as long as you keep that Freedom Flex card open, you're going to keep your points. They're just going to change the way that you can use them. 
And so later on down the road, if you reopen, say a Chase Sapphire Reserve card, then you'll be able to have fully transferable points again. So just keep one of those ultimate rewards points open. If you do close all of your accounts, you would either have to redeem your points or transfer them out to use them. I'm gonna to touch on one more rule just since I did kind of semi-touch on this a moment ago. There are various rules to when you can open a Chase card again after you close an account. It depends on which card it is. They all have various rules, um, but the two main ones that really stand out, one, the Sapphire cards require you to wait 48 months since earning your last sign-up bonus before you can open another Sapphire card. One way around this, if you are wanting to keep earning fully transferable points, but for whatever reason you want to cancel your Sapphire card, let's say you have the reserve and it's just not making sense for you to hold that card anymore, you can still have the Ink Business Preferred card, keeping your fully transferable Ultimate Rewards points. Um, so you can keep that one so that you're still earning the points that you can transfer out to travel partners. The other rule that I'll point out is with the freedom cards and with the freedom cards, it's 24 months between sign-up bonuses. I shared in our last episode, our what's in your wallet episode that I'm not a big churner on sign-up bonuses. We defined that term in the last episode, but just in case you're brand new to the podcast, hi and welcome. I'll just uh, define it super quickly. Churning is basically when you open a card just to earn the sign-up bonus and then you close it a year later just to earn a sign-up bonus again. Uh, and with some of these Chase cards, you can't even do that because there is a time frame in between. And with most cards, there is a time waiting period in between before you can earn a sign-up bonus again. So let's talk a little bit more about redemptions when it comes to your ultimate rewards points. And I'm going to link up in the show notes, we have a written guide on Chase Ultimate Rewards, and it goes into a few ways outside of travel that you can use your Ultimate Rewards points. So I'll link that up in the show notes, but I'm going to focus on the two main ways to use points for travel, which is with the portal or transfer points. And so like I talked about before, all of these cards that earn Ultimate Rewards points are going to give you access to the travel portal. Depending on what card you have is going to tell you how um, much how much value per point you're going to get. So if you're holding the Chase Sapphire Preferred card, you're going to get 1.25 cents per point inside of the portal. If you are holding the Chase Sapphire Reserve card, you're going to get 1.5 cents per point in the portal. All of the cashback cards are going to give you one cent per point in the portal. Now, when it comes to the portal, we have done a podcast episode on here before. There is a lot of uh, controversy, I guess, to make it dramatic around should you ever use a travel portal. In my opinion, it's just knowing what you're getting into and doing it in a smart way. Uh, if, if if the redemption works for you, then it's worth it in the end. That's my motto that I always live by when it comes to earning and redeeming miles and points. But when it comes to the portal, I'm pretty picky about what I redeem in the portal, and I generally will check in with the company direct after booking through a portal, but this is how I've redeemed for rental cars in the past. Um, it was just a, a moment that made sense for me. It made sense for my budget, and it worked out great in the end. So there's various things you can do with the portal. Again, it depends on what card you hold for the um, value per point that you're going to get. And I think overall, when it comes to the portal, just know what you're getting into. You're using a third party. Um, 
if you have to deal with a customer service thing, there can be a bit of a mess uh, that comes up, but just know what you're getting into. Now, when it comes to transfer points, transfer points, the value can vary. I generally try to get anywhere from two cents uh, and beyond when it comes to transferring points. But again, ultimately, if it's worth it to you and it works for you, then it's worth it in the end for redeeming your miles and points. And transferring points can ultimately give you a little more ease in your planning because you are booking direct with the airline or hotel program. So since you're booking direct, there are some benefits. So I think, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, if you're getting under two cents per point, I am certain that in all my redemptions, I have gotten it under two cents per point on a transfer booking. And I am so happy with how I used my points uh, up until now. But that value really can vary. If you are brand new to travel hacking and miles and points, uh, we recently launched, I'm so excited about this. We recently launched our miles and points 101 course. Uh, and I will link that up in the show notes. If you want to dive into all three things, transfer points, I take you from, um, what a transfer point is, why you should care about it and how you go through the process of redeeming your transfer points. So I'll link that up in the show notes if you're brand new to all of this and you're like, what are you even talking about when it comes to transfer points? Uh, we cover all of that in there. But when it comes to your Chase Ultimate Rewards points, if you do have one of those fully transferable Ultimate Rewards points earning cards, that's a mouthful, um, then you get access to 14 transfer partners, um, including some great ones like Aeroplan, ones that we talk about all the time, Aeroplan, Flying Blue, which includes Air France and KLM. You get access to my personal favorite, Virgin Atlantic. You also get access to Hyatt, which has some awesome redemptions because of the way their program really lands and the way you can get max value out of your Chase Ultimate Rewards points um, and just various other programs in there as well. I just find their transfer partners really friendly for the way that I travel. Um, so again, like I said, kind of at the beginning of the episode, if none of these transfer partners are going to work for you, then you might consider looking at another card family. Not every points family that's the best for one person is the best for everyone else. Do you remember, especially if you're brand new to all of this miles and points stuff, that even if you're looking at those 14 transfer partners and you're not seeing something direct that you usually travel with, remember there's a thing called airline alliances, which are when partner airlines allow you to book flights with their um, partner within an alliance uh, and, and even redeem points. So just be mindful of that. It's um, partner space is always going to be limited, right? And so don't count on, like, I wouldn't count on, say, if you're like, I only ever fly Delta and I never fly anyone else. I fly Delta multiple times a month. Um, Chase doesn't transfer to Delta and Delta points are just a whole other story in general that I feel like we've given a lot of screen time, uh, ear time to on this podcast. But I digress. Um, Chase does transfer to Virgin Atlantic, for example, who's in the same alliance. But that Delta space is going to be very limited. So I wouldn't earn Chase points expecting redemptions on Delta, for example. Now, there's still chances that you can book in the portal. I mean, there's so many exceptions to uh, the way you're kind of thinking about this. There's no like one track, this or that kind of answer, but just some considerations for you to bring into all of this. So overall, 
I hope you've learned a little bit about what cards you can hold to earn those really valuable Chase Ultimate Rewards points. I hope you've also gotten your wheels turning to see how you can stack up different cards to earn even more points and maximize. Um, the last reason, which I did kind of touch on earlier, the last reason that I feel like I just personally really love Chase Ultimate Rewards is because I do feel like they're incredibly two-player mode friendly. So if you are travel hacking, earning and redeeming miles and points with someone else, like a spouse or a partner um, or a bestie, a best, best adventure friend, um, whatever it is, if you are earning and redeeming with someone else, I just find the Chase Ultimate Rewards points to be extremely friendly with that because you can combine with one other member of your household there's some great referral opportunities. And in the two player mode episode that I did on this podcast, I broke down how you could earn hundreds of thousands of points with only one $95 annual fee. So I just find it to be incredibly two player mode friendly. Whereas programs like American Express don't allow you to combine points with anyone else. And so there's still redemptions to be had. I mean, I have still used American Express points to book for myself and my husband, who I travel um, hack with and do most of my travels with. Um, however, I just find Chase to be incredibly friendly when it comes to doing this with multiple people. So just ending on that little side note, like I said, hope you loved this episode. Hope you learned a lot about my all-time favorite points family. I'd love to hear what your favorite points family is and why. If there's a specific transfer partner that you really like having access to or you just really like how their points um, operate within their program. Um, I'd love to hear from you. So do write to us over at podcast at dailydrop.com. And as always, if you did love this episode and all the other episodes that we put out there for you, uh, go ahead and leave us a little rating and review, hit the stars, let them send through some joy in my life, uh, and let us know what you want to hear about next. All right, my friends, until next time, happy travel hacking, and I'll see you all, be with you all in the earwaves soon. Bye for now.